kicking off there with some Mastiff from Hull. Absolutely amazing. Sort of describe themselves as hardcore doom and sludge metal. Um, but I think they, they've gone a bit more like hardcore this time. Um, this is the um, one they've released uh, sort of in um, anticipation of their latest record, which is called Leave Me the Ashes of the Earth. And that was a song called Endless. Like amazing stuff, really. Um, I gather it's the guy who runs uh, Trepanation Recordings. But yeah, this. Um, Video actually came out a few days ago, I think, and I was like, a bit blown away by that. Um, so I've re- I'm really glad you picked this one, Pete, to sort of kick us off. It's a, it's a good sort of statement of intent, really, isn't it, for the rest of the podcast? Yeah, and, and for the album that's to follow. It's, you know, they've been around a while, Mastiff, and for whatever reason, I, I haven't invested that much time listening to them until, until recently. Um, in my head, I kind of had them a bit of a, probably, you know, completely unfairly, but I had them as like a, the UK underground crowbar worship band, and and actually a lot of people would be quite happy with that anyway. But um, but I'm not the biggest crowbar fan in the world, and I don't I don't know where that came from. And um, I've started to correct that uh, recently, and then then kind of this album came through. So you know, which was really you know really welcome news. And then I've, you know I've, we've had the chance um, to listen to the whole thing in advance of release, and it's you know it's really good. It's really strong. There's there's a lot going on. You know, so so much. Um, different dynamics to it you know it is muscular um and it is you know like in your face um there's depth and um variation within it but ultimately it's kind of got this i don't know like attack ship rolling thunder which tramples all under its path you know it's just you know all out and you know that's what i get about this that's what i really like yeah i think that that video shows off that kind of unrelenting uh, steamroller type sort of affair that they've got going on definitely um, and I think they've been plowing away for years live, so it's really cool to see them. Uh, I know that they signed to a label that I've not heard of, but they're quite sort of um, uh, sort of big, I, I gather, called E1 Heavy, um, which is what this has come out on. Um, so, yeah, there's um, a full LP version coming out. There's, um, I think there's a tape as well. Um, amazing stuff. So you can get this from mastiffhc.bandcamp.com. And, um, yeah, just really amazing stuff. So as ever, we've got nine amazing tracks for you this week. I think we, we've gone full kind of genre spectrum tonight. Uh, it's not really kind of sticking to one uh, particular sound. Um, case in point is this next band, uh, Gospelheim from Manchester. Uh, now, this is um, members of Agvira, who we've played on the podcast before, um, playing something that I couldn't quite pin down, which I think is why I like it. A little bit of Cure going on, a little bit of black metal, um really astounding vocals like really unusual um sort of approach for this genre really uh i mean they they call it sort of um manchester's dingiest misfits summoning some old, good old testament wrath and um yeah i think that's kind of where they're going with this the um the vocals particularly really hit me it's got kind of like a maybe a 90s indie vibe to the to the uh, vocals but the um the music is definitely dark and, and gothic. Uh, what did you make of this one, Pixie? It's very, um, like I say, hard to pin down. Yes, I, and I agree completely. And, and I agree also that that's what, what makes it so appealing, I guess. I mean, for one thing, you know, one thing you, you, you mentioned, you know, about the from Manchester, it is it's so good that we've been playing more and more bands from there over the last couple of years, you know, if not more, because it's you know for all the amazing kind of cultural importance and nightlife and everything you know like this varied progressive in, enormous city i always used to feel particularly when i lived there that 
it didn't ha it had the scene but not necessarily the bands you know and now that seems to be correcting itself or maybe that's just you know I've, I've got a different perspective but um so yeah really happy about that um I, the closest I could get in terms of comparison with you know if you remember the band Beast Milk um maybe even Moll you know not the not the kind of full-on kind of black metal elements but the you know the, that mixture of um you know the the synth 80s pop and rock and and you know kind of faint into black metal even like um a cult of Crowdy when they went fully down that route as well but but like you say it's it's individual it's different yeah and i think um to sort of say this is a side project is kind of doing it some injustice really i think it, it sort of stands up on its own and uh this looks to be their sort of debut release and debut song, which is pretty amazing. So really, really very impressed with this. I um, have to say as well, um, the first two tracks today are uh, produced uh, by um, Joe from No Studio. And uh, yeah, certainly seems to be he's producing some of the best music and some of the most innovative music in this country. Um, I, I don't think this will be the last time, certainly not the first. Um, so yeah, really cool. Um, so this is, they describe their first chant, uh, which is called Into Smithereens, and you can get this at gospelheim.bandcamp.com.
Hey. Cool. Cool. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cool. Remember to start it. Hmm? So remember to start it with Gospel Home. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was the amazing Gospelheim there with a new track called Into Smithereens. Sort of moving on, we've got this um, incredible body of work here from a band called Hellish Form. Uh, I'd never heard of these before, but like I'm, I feel like an idiot for, for not sort of checking them out before. Uh, so it's Willow from um, Body Void and uh, a guy called Jacob from Keeper and uh, Elder Devil, who we are actually playing later on. And uh, yeah, this is... I mean, uh, to, to sort of reduce it to its sort of like base form, I guess, we, we're talking sort of funeral, dr doom, drone slash sludgy sort of stuff. But, um, I mean, I, I've got like a spiritual connection here to Carnate. Uh, I sort of picked up. What do you reckon, Pete? Yeah, yeah, completely. You know, I've, I've sat on this for quite a while. It, I've had, you know, listed it loads, um, but just not picking it for the podcast knowing i would but i normally pick them as soon as as soon as i can do you know as soon as it's available for you know on release but i just needed time to absorb it because it is it is quite it's an epic piece of art and and there's a lot going on in there um but it's worth that investment you know it, 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 to the point where it's you know it's almost like it feels like a masterpiece when you when you really kind of click with it um and for all that kind of funeral doom you know pacing and um and dirge it's, it's got some emotion in there you know it wallows in the depths but it kind of flourishes as well you know in the, with kind of blinding light there's you know there's extra instrument input you know there's, there's bits of synths in there which which help open it up and take it into you know into directions which you wouldn't normally associate with this sound um I, I, you know and it, it's even got like an eerie twin peaksy vibe to it you know as well so yeah, so it's a contrast of dark and light, which are absolutely stunning. You know, I mean, it's amazing. You know, if if you know Keeper and you know Body Void, think possibly when they when they do it. I don't know if it's a sideband or whatever you want to call it, but you'd think maybe they'd take the opportunity to do something faster or lighter or something. But no, they've actually kind of doubled down. <laughs> yeah. know, I love it when that happens. You know, it's like no, you know, like we, we I need more outlet for this. Um, but you know, the whole release is 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 just wonderful. Yeah, I mean, to me, this speaks to me much more than, say, Bellwitch. I mean, Bellwitch is fantastic, but this has got something genuinely dark about it, and it doesn't—it doesn't feel romantic in, in the way that that does, and, and sort of gothic. This this sounds thoroughly unpleasant. Um, the imagery and everything it kind of suggests a hint at the horror and the dark, but I think it, it scrapes a deeper sort of barrel than that. It's. Um, it's just horrible. Um, I did actually notice it's actually mastered by James Potkin, who famously played in Carnate as well. So maybe I was just picking up on uh, yeah the the overall oppressive um, sound there because this is not an easy listen and um, certainly will take some some sort of uh, patience to get through. But I think it's ultimately incredibly rewarding for for sort of that persistence and um, yeah, that's always a big tick in our book. I think brilliant to see this out on translation loss as well. Um, I know Translation Loss has, has been sort of putting out um, esoteric music for years and years and yeah, just very, very impressed by this. Um, so if you want to hear this, um, there seems to be about, I don't know, about 40 or 50 minutes of this um, in total. The record's called Remains 
and you can get it at hellishform.bandcamp.com and we're going to play the song Another World.
So that was hellish form, um, really sort of oppressive stuff there. Um, a member of that band is in this next one. So Elder Devil, uh, I've got a record out uh, called Fragments of Hell. Uh, it's out on, I think it's on tape uh, from the Sludge Lord, uh, maybe CDs as well. This is just um, incredibly fast. I mean, it couldn't be more different from the last tune. Uh, incredibly fast, kind of spiky, hardcore with a little bit of uh, grind in there maybe really interesting stuff and uh, yeah it reminded me of a band uh, from a few years ago now called last witness who had this kind of incredibly personal and cathartic uh, approach to their to their music and i think that's the spirit of that is here in spades and I, yeah i love it um, what did you make of this one Pete? Because i think um the signing got uh, announced a few weeks ago with sludge lord but i hadn't actually got around to listen to it until recently yeah no me, me either and I'm, I'm really glad you know it's good it's good that there's a you know sheffield link to this for one thing and so you know brilliant that sludge lord are involved amazing that we're, I mean, amazing. We're playing two bands in a row featuring the same person, which yeah. you know, speaks. What coincidence! Of, I know. I mean, so uh, Jacob Lee. It's that's kind of it. Must be testament to a talented, restless artist. You know, with so much ideas and energy. Um, so you know, bravo to him because that that's. I mean, it's incredible that like, releasing two kind of two albums this good so close together, um, and and so different as well. So. You know, they're, they're a really good band. I, 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 you know, I try to think when I first heard them and I look back and I reviewed uh, the album Graves Among the Roots in uh, 2017. And it's, you know, it, it, I remember then that was, you know, it's a real kind of spiky um, album. It's kind of part grind, part sludge, as as it's now. Um, you know, it's a real kind of endurance test <laughs> listening to it like the sensation of being in a wind tunnel while listening to it it kind of reminds us a bit of black breath as well in there you know all those kind of things you mentioned as well just really good you know like you say with kind of there's i think it's cd on sludge Lord, the downloads for kind of i think they've got like a minimum of a dollar so it's no excuses i think everyone should get this yeah some of it kind of reminds me of um the the unrelenting kind of chug of bands like secret cutter as well that kind of really dark hardcore edge uh, that has been bought into Sludge in the last 10 years or so. It's, it's just really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely rate this. Um, so they've released two tracks so far. Uh, one's called Bones Under Feet. We're going to play the uh, debut that they've also done. A um, We're going to play the, the other track that they've released, uh, which has uh, got a video as well. Um, it sort of absolutely suits. It's kind of like a practice room video, but a uh, bit more sort of production values than that would suggest. Really cool stuff. Uh, this is Motherless Son.
was the excellent Elder Devil there. Uh, we're going to go into something um, maybe a bit more, um, dare I say, Stoner Rock um, next. It's got kind of vibes of that. Uh, a band called Lurcher, who have put out a CD and tape via Trepanation. Um, Trepanation, uh, like, uh, I think we get them a name check every um, every podcast, so I'm sure the royalty checks will start coming in at some point. But um, yeah, they, they seem to be able to pick the absolute cream of the UK um at the moment and this is no different so uh, i gather they're from uh, from wales this band and yeah this this kind of really struck me as as very sort of out of the blue and i think that's the case with a lot of trepanation re- releases at the moment I'm, I'm hearing brand new bands or bands that have kind of maybe been on the wayside for a little bit uh, and this really really hit me this is great yeah, probably true of both of us. We listen, you know, I listen to everything Japanation puts out. I mean, they send us their stuff, which we're very grateful for, but I, I would anyway because they're such a, you know, like for the reasons you explained, you know, they've got the finger on the pulse and they're prolific as well. That's the other thing. And um, and if we play, you know, a Japanation release every week, then then good because it's, you know, they, they deserve that support because it can't be easy to, you know, the, the work rate and the, and the money and, and, the you know the sweat and effort they put into it um, can't be easy at that rate. So, uh, and then if the, the other thing about that is if you know like you can't pin them down to anything. Uh, yeah, early on I thought Chef Nation was like a, a noise record label, but then actually you know there was you know uh, there's sludge and there's doom and then there's kind of uh, all manner of stuff. No, you know not just within metal either. And, and then you've got non-serviam, and you've got all this kind of huge range. The one thing I haven't heard was a was a stone rock band until they put this on, and then, you know it did have a bit of a uh, surprise with that. But you know that's that's because Trepanation don't have any boundaries, and we should learn that by now. You know the promo blurb that came with it. You know it kind of mentioned bands like you know the big titans really of Clutch, Red Fang, and High on Fire. Um, and I wouldn't disagree with that, but I, I got more kind of late '90s, early 2000s, like pure stone rock vibes. Yeah, definitely. Like like, like the Swedish yeah. bands, for example, you know, like Dozer, or or even you know because the vocals are really strong. And uh, my biggest criticism of Stoner when, when it was on its you know on its downward curve, in like late 2000s, say, was you had so many bands out there with really bad vocalists. Not bad, but you know, just wouldn't hold just up. Weak. They were trying yeah. to be John Garcia, yeah. but but just weren't strong enough and this is you know the vocals are really strong and it does remind me a little bit of like Hermano not not directly Caius but some of those kind of yeah, projects um and you know that's some serious quality old school yet not derivative stoner rock and, and I'm all for that yeah I mean that's like a phrase to just sort of like zone in on really yeah non-derivative stoner rock I mean to, to find a band playing this genre that doesn't sound tired or a copyist or, or whatever is is quite refreshing these days so yeah bang on lurcher this is amazing so you can get this at trepanation recordings as ever and we're going to play the song coma
so that was the amazing Lurcher from Wales. Really cool stuff. We're going to go on to um, a really strange release next. So um, Ripple Music have got a, um, a release coming out called uh, Turn to Stone Chapter 3, Wizard versus Merlin. And it's two bands coming together to do almost like a, a I don't know, like a dual kind of split, really. Like it, it kind of, they're pacing them against each other, really. Um, the Merlin track is called Merlin's Bizarre Adventure, and it's about 21 minutes long. We're going to play the edit version. It's like a Stone of Doom edit, they've called it. And I've never heard a st- kind of a stoner rock style tune taking down um, the very people it's supposed to be appealing to. And I think it's brilliant. It's kind of, uh, it's very tongue in cheek, I presume. Um, it kind of name checks, well, it, it kind of echoes a lot of um, the genre tropes and, and things and kind of takes it down in a kind of snide way. Um, what did you make of this pick? It's really odd. I mean, they, they sort of, Talk about Sabbath worship should go away. They talk about weed bongs, vintage jackets, bell bottoms, everything, and saying stone, yeah. stone of doom must die, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you did kind of mention that when you sent this across. And Trias and I, I still don't hear lyrics. It's, you know, I hate it. So I still couldn't pick. I only picked up on a couple of times. But, you know, that's a pretty brave thing to do, you know, especially for a band called Merlin. I mean, you know, it's not like the... Yeah. I mean, surely it's, it's tongue in cheek, and you know, like it's done with love. Um, I mean, t- I listed the full thing. Yeah, yeah, I listed the full full fat version, as you say, the, the twenty one, and I, you know, I, I strapped myself in for it. Um, and it's it is an adventure, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it starts off, you know, it's, it's kind of slightly a cultish, um, drawn out doom rock in the main to begin with, but then all of a sudden you've got the it starts to become, you know, these Prockish touches appear. Um, there's Hawkwind influences. Then all of a sudden, there's this funk passage and flutes. Um, it's like a yes and circulus jam band. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's a bit where there's like a like pre-programmed drum beats of a kind of Fisher Price my first synthesizer. Mm. Um, you know, on the full version, and maybe it's different on the edit. You know, I've kind of if there is a point, I've lost it this bit. But but. I still enjoy it. Um, and you, you know, absolutely kind of applaud them for how fully committed to this they've gone. And just, I mean, one other thing I'd just say as well, like this, these um, Turn to Stone series, you know, pitting two bands against each other from the Ripple kind of label, as well as the Heavy Tech Sounds label doing their Doom sessions, which is doing similar. I love split records and I love them when they're, you know, and the fact that they're a series will mean bands are properly committed to them. It's not going to just be, you know, the spare track from the last album recording, which some splits tend to be. Um, so that's, you know, that's exciting for both of those, both those labels to be putting out these types of releases for me. Yeah, it, it feels like they've gone full on with the concept, both bands here. They've kind of yeah. made this the aim, basically. And I think these edits like really showcase what's going on. But like you say, the, the Merley one in particular is, is very overblown, but in a in a totally good way. Really enjoyed it. I, I don't quite know what bands they're aiming at. If they are kind of sticking the sort of flag in the ground and saying, look, this is what we think. I'm pretty sure it's kind of like the wizard school of, of Stone and Doom, really. Um, <laughs> they've said, I mean, it, one of the lyrics is, um, the occult is an easy sell. And you put a skull on everything. It's it's kind of like I mean, you know, everyone's made those jokes. You know, there's um, mammoth weed wizard bastard, and you know, there's every combination of witch bong wizard uh, out there, basically. But maybe this is just like 
maybe we should shut up about that now. It's um, It's been done. That joke's been done to death. People still enjoy it, so there you go. And I think most of Ripple music could probably um, fall under the category. So, yeah, I, I imagine it's tongue-in-cheek. You'd hope it was tongue-in-cheek anyway. But um, I guess that's part of the mystery and part of the reason why we're talking about it right now. They've got our attention. Brilliant stuff. So if you want to hear this, you can go to Ripple Music as ever. I think the actual vinyl release is actually sold out, but you can still get the digital version here. So go to ripplemusic.bandcamp.com. This is Merlin.
Right, so that was the amazing Merlin. Um, brilliant split record there with uh, Wizard. Not have to say it's not uh, the Wizard from the 1970s. We have to sort of say that. Um, they haven't come back. Um, so yeah, the um, this next one uh, kind of blew me away, really. So a Greek label called Made of Stone Recordings have found a brilliant band called Mahasahona from Sweden. And this kind of blew my head off, really. Like this, this nine-minute track uh, called leaves they found Pete. i mean we've played a lot of stuff like this recently but it's it's very psychedelic it's very sort of layered very kind of it go it delves deep doesn't it it's um yeah. it's got more going on under the surface than you first kind of recognize it really drew me in this one yeah i, I like how you know it's it's so chill they like you know it's got those it's got the space rock vibes of someone like yuri gagarin and then you know the like of those but and, and the, you know the artwork as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure I just saw the artwork and, and got a feeling I'd like this, and and it fits so well with Stoner and Doom, you know, for whatever reason. But then it's got you know a, a bit more kind of dry desert trips of the classic Stoner rock. You know, if you imagine, you know, Caius's Space Cadet, for example, it, it's along those lines for me. Full commitment to that vibe. It you know it barely raises its tempo beyond this kind of slight comatose of utter relaxation. Um, and it just, you know, it's that kind of allowing your warped mind to wander. The, the volume never rises. It's, it's, you know, it barely wakens. It's just a really chilled kind of beautiful stone rock level. And, you know, that, that's not, it's not in any way a criticism. It's, it's kind of meant to just, you know, to just hover above the surface. And I, I love it for it. Yeah, and it sounds incredibly rich. I mean, the, the production on this is beautiful. It's um, yeah. it's got like a real smooth, um, rich, thick sound to it, and I think it sort of brings out the best elements of this as well. Um, especially as these are a free piece as well, so this is pretty amazing stuff. Really, really enjoyed this, and I think anyone who listens to this podcast regularly will will definitely dig this. Um, so the full record uh, is called Endless Searcher, and you can get this at madeofstonerecordings.bandcamp.com. This is Maha Sahana.
So that was the excellent Mahasahona. Really cool stuff there. Um, really sort of uh, draws us in, I think, that kind of stuff. The next band we're going to talk about is uh, The Return of Moll, who are from Denmark. And uh, we've kind of charted their their rise, I think, through the podcast and through just uh, live reviews and things like that. I, I mean, I've seen them probably about three or four times. Astonishing each time. Like, real presence, real... Um, unique presence i think unique kind of sound and um yeah they've been signed to nuclear blast since their last record uh the excellent jord was i think the last full length uh, in april 2018 so that was a good good while to go i guess but the new song is called photophobic it's the only track that they've released so far from an upcoming album again it, it's more of the same it's this layered very technical black metal but with um, a real organic beating heart to it and i think i, I just can't wait to hear the new record and i'd love to see them live again because they just have like i say su- such a presence and, and such a positive attitude i mean the the singer is is a real character and um yeah kind of really connects with the audience i think i remember i think we saw these at, at damnation didn't we Pete? Yeah, the, the we fire did. alarm went off oh yeah yeah I forgot about <laughs> that yes yeah i mean they're, they are a really kind of they are a great band. They're not completely up my street, but I, I fully understand why you love them so much and why so many kind of my, my friends do as well. Um, and I do like them. And, and that time, you know, that when I have seen them live in, in, you know, prior to the fire alarm, um, they're really impressive. And, you know, this is more evidence why, that you know, it's, it's proggy, it's it's a bits of black metal and post-rock. But the, they've got all kind of those ingredients of so many of those kind of, you know, post black metal bands of, of the last five years or so but but they're they're different they stand apart from those and i think it's, it's almost as if all those elements but played by um an edgy 80s pop band and that's kind yeah. of you know yeah, exactly. that's somehow approaches where mola and that's what makes them stand out and um not just blend into kind of that morass of uh, of music coming out now right now it is you know it's a real good thing definitely yeah, I think um, Jord made made such a like a wave at the time that they've kind of maybe taken their time to to follow it up, and uh, yeah, I'm glad to have because this sounds polished and uh, brilliant. And th- for them to find a home on Nuclear Blast as well means that they'll go even further. You know, they're, they're kind of one of those bands on a meteoric rise, and I think uh, it's not like us to play something so mainstream. Mainstream, I guess. Um, we, we tend to stick to the to the real underground here, but yeah, I, I make an exception for this band because they're just so good, and I'm I'm such a fan. Yeah, this is pop complete gushing for me to be honest. So yeah, uh, like I say, the song's called Photophobic. You can hear this at moldk.bandcamp.com.
So that was the excellent return of Mole there. We're going to uh, a band that we've played before on the podcast. We've just kind of worked out. We played it on podcast number 84 back in June last year. So uh, a year on, uh, this is a band called Superion. And, uh, yeah, they're back with an album called Oscillating Astral Monuments. And uh, it's, it's organic, thick, thick as molasses kind of death metal with a, a very sort of, like, <laughs> I hate to use the word again, but psychedelic uh, approach. And yeah, this sounds like a something circling the drain, doesn't it? It's absolutely wild. Uh, yeah. And it's just one person as well, which is always amazing. Yeah, you know, and the fact you know it's death and it's black and it's, uh, you know, we said I said before like the Mahar Sahona thing, you know, that like with the sci-fi artwork and it and how that fits so well with Stoner and Doom, and you know, there's that whole uh, and also like death metal's got you know rich scene of it, you know, like of sci-fi obsessed. And what I love about that is almost by a rule, it, when you find you know um, sci-fi death metal, it's oddball and it's techie and it's left field as a result. You know, it seems to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it's a lighter black map, you know, I mean, you've all, you know, it tends to be really out there, you know, it's, and that's kind of where you are with Superior, I guess. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's death and it's black. It's, you know, these genres already pushing the envelope, often with warped mindsets. So then to be transfixed by the stars, I think it just can, you know, like the creativity can just, you know, like kaleidoscope outwards. And it does, it feels this, you know, this song sounds truly cosmic and astral it reminds me like when i've yeah kind of talked about this before when i first heard aranzi pazuzu on uh valenielu and seeing the album cover kind of a, a, my you know my thoughts were like this is music made by aliens and i think yeah. this is that same <laughs> bracket, similar thing you know? isn't it yeah. yeah it just sounds so strange and weird and and befitting the you know the artwork again and i think like i say that i, I put that in here and it's mystical and hypnotic with it and that's what makes it special yeah i think if say games in the 1980s computer games in the 1980s if they were able to support like full audio this would be the sound of some of those games you know just like really strange planet mining games and and things like that it's just really out there strange stuff i love it um it's amazing to see them on uh, bloody mountain records as well so they're a, a sort of record label out of california who seem to put out um, a bit of everything um but it's all all very extreme and yeah they're doing like proper um you know digipack sort of uh, vinyl releases for this and there's uh, some limited edition t-shirts and posters with it as well so they're really going on on with this concept yeah kind of monuments to uh unknown you know space gods and things like that so a really dense release if you if you look into it so if you want to have a look at this um go to bloodymountainrecords.bandcamp.com the band's called superion and we're going to play a track called philotic astrogation mm-hmm. 